Welcome to The Writing Life, the podcast for anyone who writes. I'm Molly Rose Medhurst from the National Centre for Writing here at Dragon Hall in Norwich UNESCO City of Literature. It's October 2023 and we're looking forward to an exciting season of events this autumn. We had the Meet the World online panel discussion coming up on Tuesday 24th of October, a workshop on avoiding the pitfalls of poetry with poet Joe Bell on Saturday the 28th of October, and a fantastic evening of live poetry from the roster of independent publishers Bad Betty Press on Wednesday the 15th of November. You can browse all of our upcoming events and workshops at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. Today's conversation takes place between author and NCW tutor Yenga and NCW program officer Vicky Maitland. A few months ago, Vicky hosted an interview with Yenga on the craft of short story writing. Yenga was born in Sichuan, China in 1984. She is a fiction writer in both Chinese and English and is the author of 13 books in Chinese, including five novels. She has received numerous awards and was named by People's Literature magazine as one of 20 future literature masters in China. Yen's English language debut short story collection, Elsewhere, was published by Faber in the UK and Scribner in the US in the spring of this year. Inga chats to Vicky about the craft of writing short stories and the unique challenges and opportunities it can present to writers. Yen also gives advice on short story writing for emerging writers and personal insights on editing short form pieces of writing. So now I'm delighted to hand over to Vicky in conversation with Yenga. So we're here today to talk about the craft of writing short stories as your latest collection elsewhere was published back in June by Faber and Faber. Uh, I know you're no stranger to the short form, having written and published a number of pieces of short fiction and novellas in Chinese, but this book is unique in that it's your first book written in English and I'd like to come back to the ways in which writing this collection may have been different from anything you've written before. Um, But first I wondered if we could start off by hearing in your own words your summary of Elsewhere? Um, It's really, really hard to summarise, I think. Um, As in, you see the title, Elsewhere, it kind of indicates, I think, towards two directions. First is like stories that took place here, um, but then usually that is elsewhere to the protagonist, who's quite often an outsider, somebody from Elsewhere. or um, you, you have stories that took place literally like elsewhere, but that's from, I suppose, people here's point of view. So you have this duality of like, where where is elsewhere? Um, in that sense, then you have stories, and those nine stories took place in, um, in London, Dublin, and Stockholm, like a version of New York City, and then China. But I think it's unfair when I say China, that's like the country, so it's like Chengdu, and it's my home city. And then a couple of them took place um, in the ancient time, like one of them, the, the finishing story, the and um, the novella, Hai, and took place in around roughly like 480 BC. So it kind of, it really is like a weird bag of varied treats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and, and also I think um, for me, kind of um, from like a personal level as a writer, for me to write this story is for me to really understand or to challenge the, maybe the, like the short fiction in the Western tradition and kind of try to bring in like different narrative traditions and different 
culture traditions and how we see storytelling, like oral storytelling as like a different tradition as, you know, opposed to written and stories, etc. So I feel like obviously there are like a lot going on. Um, it's really hard for me to summarize. I suppose it's kind of like a, a paradox is if you could actually summarize and you don't need to write the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I know reading the book, you you talk about kind of being outside and inside. And as a reader, that leaves you feeling really unsettled mm. because you're moving from story to story. You're changing locations, you're changing times. Um, and it does kind of give that effect of, of the protagonist, I guess, is that you, you kind of mirror their, their feeling and their notion of, oh, where am I now? Where do I belong? Where do I sit within that? So, um, yeah, I think it kind of mirrors, mirrors your experience of what you're aiming to, to get from it, I, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's kind of like, um, well, this just came to me. It wasn't like, I did not plan this when I wrote the book, obviously, but like, I suddenly thought it's kind of like um, the series, like Black Mirror. Yeah. And like each episode will be like vastly, like, you know, thematically and setting were like really different, but fundamentally they were kind of about similar things yes yeah, yeah totally. although kind of taking place in complete different spaces yeah i think it's kind of like that yeah no yeah. I, I really agree as, as a reader kind of you totally get that i totally get that experience mm. um so thinking about kind of what you were aiming for and what you were driving for i'm interested to know how you even started the collection if you were writing stories specifically because you uh, were trying to get at these different themes and these different topics and if they just all happen to kind of pull together and and form this collection or if you set out to think I'm going to write a collection of short stories yeah I think this this whole collection is is like the result of me being kind of cornered by different stories like the first story written in this collection was um I think how I fell in love with the well-documented life of Alexander Whelan. Yeah. And that was that was back in 2018. Oh, wow. And then I think for me, at that point, I think the question I had regarding, say, writing a story would be, do I want to write in English or not? Yeah. And that was like the, the fundamental question at that point. And I think that story kind of cornered me in a way, like it came to me and I really wanted to write about you know, all those people like in Dublin and then what their life would be like. And especially, you know, kind of like the characters in that story would be like a younger community. Um, But then everything in the story happened in English. So kind of like I was quite reluctantly, but eventually determined to kind of begin to write that story. And in that case, like in English. Um, And I think from that point on, like story happened one after another, like in a way, really, they just happened to me. Yeah. And like I, I decided, oh, I wanted to write that. Or sometimes I was like resisting it for quite a long time and eventually having to kind of succumb to say, okay, I'll write you. And so it wasn't really like, I didn't really have like any specific plan in the sense I wouldn't know that I was actually working towards like a collection. I was kind of just like roaming around trying to figure things out. But I think as the stories go, eventually like a thread or like a series of threads um, begin to emerge. And I feel, oh, actually, and I think towards the end of it, when I was working on say the last, I don't know, three, four stories. And that was more of a, 
um, tying the knots, yeah. kind of because I've seen the threads at that point, and then I'm just like kind of working towards, or like, yeah, certain directions, kind of more deliberately at that point. But like, I think for the majority of the time, I was pretty much at last. Yeah. But I feel that was probably a good thing for a writer, for anybody yeah. who's like in the project. You really have to not know what you're working on because I think if you know, it would not exceed your expectation. Yeah. You're kind of like in this ground of consciousness, which, in the way, at least my consciousness is pretty lame and uninteresting. <laughs> so I kind of feel you really have to go elsewhere. Yeah. You have to kind of just go go somewhere strange. Like even you yourself didn't realize you had that in you, and only that would bring out something that might be. Remotely exciting to other people. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that's really fascinating. Hearing that you had to kind of almost remove yourself from yourself in order to to write. And actually, I was really interested in, as you say, kind of the themes of of this all pulling together to form this kind of thread. Um, feeling of being separated from home, finding a home, isolation, loneliness, fleeting kind of connections. Um, all kind of things I was picking up on as I was as I was reading, and I was really interested in how you start to tackle what are actually quite weighty themes, and as a writer, how you kind of live within that, like or live outside of your own comfort zone, um, and also protect yourself and your kind of well being when you're writing outside of your comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, my well being was probably shattered. <laughs> <laughs> They remind my well-being. It was. I. I. I think it kind of. If you don't struggle writing a story, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Again, like I. I think, obviously now, like in retrospect, it was like, oh yeah, I. I struggled, but it kind of like with this aesthetic distance, you're like, that's fine. But I'm sure it was very, very bad. It was, and <laughs> um, it was kind of multiple crisis, like crisis after crisis, and um, I guess. And I guess in a way, it's always like a negotiation of um, naturally, as you know, the stories kind of to borrow like a cliche, they were kind of like your babies, right? So naturally, you care about them so much. But I think the writing process is, is a process where you kind of have to detach yourself emotionally from the materials. Because only then could you find the right angle, to, could you get the aesthetic distance, could you kind of maneuver them in a satisfactory manner. And I, and I think it's... But then, obviously, you still wanted to care. So I think yeah. it's this tension between and detachment between like not quite care and caring very much. Yeah. And I think you have to kind of really hold on to that tension because sometimes I think... Sometimes I, my my friend was saying to me I was I was talking to um my translator actually Jeremy yeah. a while back about I wanted to write a story but then I feel really really afraid like I was like I I was kind of genuinely having this fear towards um this particular story I was like I don't know and and then he said something really wise to me as he always does <laughs> and he said like this fear is your connection. Yeah. It's like the emotional truth in this story for you. If you don't have this fear, imagine like many years have passed and then you then begin to work on the story and you don't feel anything particular towards it. And then maybe it then has already died. So I yeah. think it's like a balance you want to strike like that between caring and kind of 
detaching yourself from yeah. this a little bit. Yeah. Is is that how you've always approached writing, or is it something that's evolved the more you've written? I suppose when when you approach like writing, and I don't know who said that. It's like no matter how many stories you finish or how many books you've written, you always don't know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you always don't know how you did it before. You have no idea, and then every time when you begin, you're like, oh no, I really don't know what to do. So. I suppose for me, although you know you have all the theories, you also teach creative writing. You tell other people things, but when you approach, you're always kind of like a slightly intrigued and frightened animal. You're yeah. kind of like quite intuitively trying to kind of be gentle with both yourself and then the story. And I think what well, this is again like a bit of a cliche, but like usually I think particularly in this collection because they're like. Even stylistically, they're quite varied,、yeah. and I think I'm always kind of looking for like the voice,、yeah. the voice of the character, or the voice of the story. But fundamentally, you're kind of looking for like a certain like a music, the musicality of the story, and you're you're waiting for that to kind of come to you almost、yeah. like, and then once you have that. I think once you have the voice, then you have the character, then you have at least the focal character, the narrator. And then everything could go like when you don't have that, you just don't have everything. But like, you know, fundamentally, I, I, I feel a story. You write a story sentence by sentence.、Yeah. <laughs> I know it's such like a silly thing to say, but it is because I think sometimes I like that idea of like approaching this new territory, like this new、um, fictional realm that is completely dark,、yeah. and you kind of have like this one. Flashlight, and you go forward, and you kind of just like as you go, you light up like a little patch bit by bit. Yeah. But I think that's a thrill because、yeah. I really don't know, and especially I think with short story, um, that, in the sense, or personally, I think I don't tend to, because when I write novels, when I have a a novel project, I tend to do lots of preparation. Yeah. I tend to write lots of like sketches of like. Sort of、um, supporting characters. I tend to work from the periphery to the center when I work on the novel.、Um, so I write like sketches of like non-important characters,、yeah. and and then write write like the scenes of like what the street looks like. So all those things. So by the time you actually begin to write, like in a novel, you will have like the picture of the world.、Yeah. Whereas I think in short story, at least for me, I kind of always. Learn as I go.、Yeah. It's kind of like a complete different. It's a, it's it's actually much more wild, and then writing a novel, um, much more challenging. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just like, just being blindfolded a little bit to have that. Yeah, it's quite intuitive. I think many times, like、yeah. you have to, kind of make a decision, and then. But that's kind of like the sweet spot when, when you surprise yourself. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's interesting that. You say it's more challenging than writing something longer in、mm. that sense because I was really interested in the ways in which you found writing short fiction and longer fiction different.、Um, and do you think that you do have this kind of thrill of having to restart and reset with each story in a collection more so than sitting with a novel for a long period of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's kind of like. It's quite thrilling, but also sometimes it's quite tiresome. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like I really, really miss. I think because I write novels more, especially when I write in Chinese. Yeah, and I I like this idea of like like you were saying, like sitting with the characters, kind of you know you work on the novel, 
And I just finished my Chinese novel, like the latest one, which took me eight years. Wow. Well, like in the middle of it, I had a child and also kind of wrote this English book. Yeah. But it's kind of like a long period of time where you hold all those characters, like the the scene of the tongue, like everything, like in your head. And as if they were like coexisting with yeah. you this whole time. And it felt quite comfortable to have all those imaginary friends. Yeah. And the longer you have them in your head, the better you get to know them. And then sometimes I think I'd be, say, crossing the road and, and then kind of sort of absentmindedly, I thought, oh, so-and-so would have said such and such a thing. But yeah. then I realized, oh, that was actually a character in my novel. It's because you've spent so much time with them and yeah. there's like this really kind of settling sense of comfort and to to have them, them like in your head. And I feel most of the time writing a novel um, is just not just but it is about like being diligent whereas i feel short stories are much more like it's like a brutal like show of like have you got it or not like yeah. that's like it's the talent or whatever it kind of like there's no way to hide there's nowhere like you can't just hide behind diligence to say oh but i put in the hours and i kind of feel when you couldn't make it work you just couldn't make it work so so i think that is quite intimidating yeah. like in the sense of like i feel like literally you just like y you have to and quite often i think the the kind of readers who are more interested in reading short stories would be more kind of like a more literary type yeah and um, rather than like no I, i'm not saying like obviously it's, this is not like some kind of distinctive um, yeah. thing but like generally speaking so then you also feel like i'm writing this um towards like my own people who yeah. are like very picky because if I imagine myself as a reader and I'm like oh this so it's quite intimidating I feel like yeah. writing short stories yeah I think it's really interesting because as students of creative writing we're often told to start with short mm. stories mm. As, as that being almost the easy way into writing a novel and it sounds like um your experience of writing is almost the the reverse of that um, but I'm interested to know if you also started right from the start when you first picked up a pen, started with short stories, or if um, it's something that you've kind of yo-yoed with and toyed with. Yeah, I mean, like, um, when I first began to write in Chinese, yeah. when I was 15, 16, yeah. I did write short stories, like my first book ever, like, and it was like a short story collection. Um, I kind of felt but like... Telling a short story, there's like no hierarchy between those two. I think yeah. short stories are not necessarily short fiction, like as this, like the short form. I think what we were talking about, like short fiction as like this kind of separate, different form is quite, um, those are two different things. I feel like quite often, because looking back, sometimes I think the short stories I wrote when I was, you know, 16, 17, and those are kind of like, a shorter novel yeah it's kind of like a, a whole story but like maybe more you know with with like much less detail kind of uh, the narrative pace is is going much faster so it's kind of like a shorter novel yeah right uh, whereas really like the short fiction we were talking about in the sense of like the stories in elsewhere yeah it's like a different genre yeah i often say that and and i do believe that um, I think short fiction is closer to poetry than it is to the novel. Yeah. And and I and I think 
yeah and i think in the way because it had it has a much more kind of um tense and also intimate relationship with language yeah with like the mu- music in language and yeah lots of things like just it's kind of like in the way i think short fiction um it is there to provoke yeah rather than to settle i feel novels are very you know kind of when you finish a novel this is like it's very soothing. It's yeah. kind of I have the resolution like yeah. this, those characters, and they kind of kind of live, you know, in this post narrative space, like all the characters. And in short fiction, I think it's kind of um, it feels really kind of volatile, even when it yeah. finishes. And typically, when it finishes, it kind of just completely throws you. And those are the good kind of endings. Yeah. And in short fiction, so I think it's they're really trying to do diff- very different things. Yeah. And I suppose because of that, if somebody like me who initially uh, were used to writing novels, it's like a really big challenge. I often say, because um, I've been kind of writing novels in Chinese for many years, and and then before I began to write in English, but at the same time, I also began to write short fiction. So yeah. those two things kind of happen simultaneously. Yeah. And I really couldn't tell which one is more challenging. Yeah. Because I feel they could be... It might be more challenging for me now to kind of switch into the mind of a short story writer than to switch the language. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. And um, I really kind of picked up on when you said that more like poetry there's something that I felt when I was reading mm-hmm. um your collection actually and I was thinking about how tight the language has to be and how concise everything has to be um and I just wondered a little bit about the editing process and how you found that process and um, particularly how you started to piece together the stories in the order that they are and mm-hmm. if you feel like that order is important to the threads that you're pulling through the through the collection. Yeah, yeah, I think the the order is very important. Um like obviously I put the story and like which one is the first one, which one's the last yeah. one and then like how they kind of travel through all the stories and locations like thematically. Um it kind of feel I feel they are like one story like is kind of delivering the next one and yeah. it has to they have to be kind of placed in this particular order because they are having conversation with one another yeah. and they kind of just you go gradually like it's really like a journey you're going towards a place i think the ending place and the novella is kind of like where i maybe want people to go yeah um so then it's kind of in a way they are like connected but having said that, I also realized I don't, at least I myself as a short story reader, I don't do that. I don't read a collection yeah. <laughs> exactly in the order, like via, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the order the author gave. I just kind of, you just like flip through pages and then it was like, oh, I'll read this one. So you kind yeah. of, you're just like hopping around. And so I also recognize that it's probably people are not going to really read it like via the order I recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but yeah, it, it's interesting to kind of have that actually. And then I did, when I put the stories together, I did more editing yeah. just to make them actually more different. Yeah. There was like two stories and that I put them right next to each other. And then I realized they kind of ended, their ending kind of were kind of 
rolled out in a similar fashion. Yeah. So then that kind of changed one of those two stories, like one 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 story's ending, just to make them different. And and it's interesting for you, like to, for for me myself, to kind of then begin to recognize like my little habits, <laughs> like which is, it's kind of inevitable, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, those are the the tracks you're trying to hide. Yeah. You're trying to kind of just to again to be kind of impersonal in front of your stories. And because fundamentally, um, you know, the story is the most important thing. The story yeah. that is the thing that dictates what style should we use, what voice is there. It's like that is the center. So you really wanted to kind of retreat yeah. to the periphery as the author. So I kind of feel putting them together really made me kind of see, you know, different things. And yeah. then that kind of further kind of made me go into the editorial process to kind of make more changes if they were kind of like published like separately in yeah. different places, I don't think I would have made those changes. Yeah. Do you think that I'm um, seeing those, um, so those tracks uh, side by side and making those changes in your short stories has affected the way that you write your longer fiction? Mm, you mean like novel or? Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I suppose if one thing that the like the the writing of this collection um was it taught me many many things yeah. um but but I think definitely I was um I was really seeing like I was saying repeatedly I was really seeing the um the music yeah and the musicality in the stories and then the voices and then I think that became quite important, I think, because before when I was working on novels, I wouldn't really necessarily have paid so much attention to that. I was probably thinking about, like, the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, but now I think that, like, writing short fiction has kind of almost, like, flexed my muscles that were kind of more into, like, granular things. Yeah. And none... Yeah, I suppose, again, like, it, it is a balance because as a novel writer, I feel you just can't like care too much about details. Yeah. I know this is maybe like a controversial thing to say. Um I, I feel you need to have like like a down periods in novel where you you just let sentences are more relaxed, like everything was just like you people are just like sort of like gliding along the wave. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly kind of you kind of make like a change and then they kind of were became like more concentrated, become like more tense. And there's like that change in the yeah. novel. Um, but in short story, it's kind of like, it's just told. It's kind of like intense all the time yeah. from the beginning to the end. So I think for me, it's kind of that bit of a um, muscles were kind of like really well exercised. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like your novel, when you're working on it after working on short stories, becomes more intense more of the time? Yeah, in a way, because, um, you know, what I did after finishing this collection was to, I was just saying that I finished the Chinese novel um, just a couple of months ago. Um, so after I finished this short story collection, I went to kind of try to finish the Chinese novel, yeah. which was like such a weird, like, switch. Like, yeah. not only because, you know, I, I kind of had, I'd worked on this, this Chinese novel for like, I had like about 10 chapters, so I kind of picked it up, but ended up rewriting from like, say, chapter seven or something. Yeah. Um, but it's such a, like, 
this changing of gear is really drastic, like, yeah. you know, between two languages and also between kind of to switch the short fiction mind to kind of like, oh, how do I? But I did feel like the second bit becomes like tauter, if that yeah. makes sense, like of the novel. And I kind of feel quite nervous about it. And I send the manuscript to a couple of friends to say, um, do you see like there's like a difference between <laughs> the first half and the second half kind of like pace or whatever it is it definitely felt quite different and yeah. i and i um and i saw that very consciously i hope nobody's reading the chinese novel is going to be listening to this podcast otherwise <laughs> they're going to feel like they're cheeses they're being cheeses um it's it says um since i finished the collection i went back to working to work on that novel um and I feel each chapter then became a self-contained short story. Yeah. And that's how I wrote this novel, which was, which was not something people should know about. <laughs> um, but it definitely changed my way of like working um, yeah. a little bit. And it's very, yeah, I suppose I wish there's like a, a perfect world where you could just like take yourself out from this pond and like dry yourself with like a towel and then put yourself back like in a different pond and you're just like impervious to the previous experience <laughs> but it seems this didn't really happen yeah. yeah but but I suppose that's what it is isn't it because I, I don't believe like I am I am there to write the perfect fiction yeah. like I, I don't I doubt I, I am able to do that and I don't think for me now personally that is that's the goal of my writing yeah. I feel it's always my writing has they they always have to like the stories they always have to go through me and I'm the media and then my state is always no matter how much I want to hide but they're always reflected in a glaringly honest way in my writing yeah but I feel from a very personal level and that is the point of me writing yeah is to kind of um is to have me kind of different versions. It's almost like a little time capsules. Yeah. Kind of. So then you you are just. I feel like my honesty is probably the best thing I can present. I I could present to to anybody, to the yeah. readers, to anyone, and then that that's always there. Yeah. So I feel, yeah, they're like far from being perfect. Um, but but they're like really honest. Sometimes, even a bit raw, maybe too honest. Yeah. Um. But I feel like that's what, what I do. That's my approach. Yeah. And I was interested in the fact that um, So Strange Beasts was obviously released to an English audience only a few years ago, but has been was written by a version of you mm. from a, a, a while before, before then. And obviously now the next time that English readers are encountering you is with this collection, uh, which is so much more recent. Um, I'm interested in how that feels to you as an author and how kind of the process of translation and seeing your work presented in English via someone else feels different from writing something that you know is going to be first encountered by an English reader. Mm, yeah, I think the latter experience, me writing in English and then expecting kind of you know, what, what kind of feedback I will get is like much, much more terrifying, yeah. obviously. <laughs> and yeah, and I, I quite enjoyed like the, the, the process of, and also it was like a big surprise. Like it was a really big surprise to me that how many people liked that book, yeah. Strange Beasts of China. And um, because yeah, like I wrote it 
like as of as of now, like nineteen years ago, yeah. nearly twenty years ago, and I feel it. It's but then it kind of shows you how the world is like a very strange place. It's like things just always come back. Like yeah. history works in like a circular way, yeah. and it kind of feels really like relevant. So many topics that the novel Strange Beasts yeah. like touched upon. So it kind of became like strangely. Although quite outdated, but like quite relevant. Yeah. And and then and I think I really enjoyed that um, process. Although like it's quite of a like a bit of a surprise, like how um all those feedback came in and 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 also you know because I I wrote the book like so many years ago and then Jeremy translated it and I really really enjoyed reading his translation yeah. and because. You know he's a really good writer himself, and yeah. he writes novel and and short story collections. Yeah. So then I I think I'm, and also because I pretty much had forgotten what I wrote, what I'd written yeah. like years ago. <laughs> so it was like I came to the English translation completely as like a stranger, like I was yeah. just like a random reader. So I read it and I really enjoyed that. Um. Then whatever people say about it, some people like it, some people don't like it yeah. so much. It felt they were. It totally felt like they were talking about it, somebody else's book. Yeah. <laughs> so I really did not feel much about it. Like like this this book, like elsewhere, is obviously very different. I think, again, it kind of it. Yeah. No. I I I am um I am banging myself from like checking up the reviews yeah. or anything like that. I'm just like, oh, I can't deal with this. I just don't. I haven't really had the distance. And also, yeah, it's very nerve wracking actually. Um. But I I suppose for me. You know, like the writing of this book, like elsewhere, and、um, is obviously finished.、Yeah. I feel my relationship with this book is over. I know it's、yeah. kind of weird, although <laughs> I'm kind of doing kind of bit of a promotion for the book. Um, yeah, I I feel quite excited to move on actually. So、yeah. that's something that makes me kind of maybe nowadays especially, and、um, gives me more energy is to think, oh, I need to move on. I need、yeah. to go somewhere like else, um, rather than. Cause really, like my relationship with this book is finished. Yeah. Cause it's like you know it's we've gone through, you know, first draft and editing and then copy editing like everything you know is done like now it's like packed and then it's being print out and then like the author is dead like yeah essentially that's what happens yeah so I feel like yeah for me I I think it's it's time for me to move on and that's quite exciting to think about that because obviously. I'm not moving on as in、um, I would just like leave this whole experience behind. Yeah, I am going forward with the experience、yeah. of like having immersed in those stories, having spent time with those stories, and they've changed me, obviously,、um, yeah. into like a slight different person, slight different writer. Yeah. Um. But then I think their impact, the impact of writing them. And hasn't I haven't obviously fully realized what the impact is, and I、yeah. think it's really exciting for me to think going forward, I will gradually realize what those stories have done to me. Yeah, and and that's quite fun. That's quite an exciting thing for me. Yeah. So if you've、um, starting the process of emotionally leaving these stories behind, but retaining their memory somewhere within kind of the core of you, and you've said you're、um, just finishing or finished a, a Chinese novel, what is next for you? Do you think you'll write something else in English directly, or are you taking a bit of a breather and a bit of space? <laughs>、um, yeah, I think well, 
this kind of promotional period for elsewhere is pretty much my breather. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of working on an English novel. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think, I think it kind of, it's obviously very, very different. The novel will be very different from any story in elsewhere, but like, it also is like so connected with all the stories in elsewhere yeah. in a very strange way. And um, yeah, so yeah, again, like that's something. Obviously, I'm kind of gradually entering the tormenting phase. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is not going to be pleasant. I need to kind of stay strong. Yeah. And um, yeah, but also, um, I think it's time to. I I feel for me now. I don't know for other people. Um, all the other things, all the other aspects of being a writer, you know, working with your agent editor, like doing book tour or like doing events. Um, they were kind of just like, they kind of, they doesn't make, none of them would make me feel like a writer. They always yeah. made me feel I'm like a performer, like yeah. a con woman who performs <laughs> to be a writer. And I never felt I was like legitimately a writer when I do any of those things. Yeah. And only when I write. Yeah. Like I feel, okay, I am a writer as in I am writing. And only that will give me that kind of pathetically will give me that assurance. Yeah. So I, I feel like I, I I really cannot wait to go back writing to kind of, you know, I mean, you're probably going to produce some rubbish like the, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you're yeah. going to write for three months and realize, oh, nothing works. Yeah. I know it's going to be horrendous. It's funny because I've done this for so many times. Like yesterday I was talking to somebody, they're like, so how many books have you published? So with this book and then the Chinese novel, I've had, I, I've, I've got 15 books already. Yeah. And but it's still I still feel like um a baby. Yeah. Like what now like I'm kind of like, you know, crowing towards like a new project. I'm still like, oh no, I don't know what to do, please don't hurt me. And still feel like that. Um but obviously I think that's that's like completely essential to me is yeah. this the is the act of writing because nothing else would make me feel legit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's also quite reassuring for perhaps new writers or people who are working on something that you have got these 15 books under your belt and you still feel that every project is a new beginning and a, and a new a new venture. And I'm interested so you would you're a teacher of creative writing, you've taught um, for a number of years and we're really lucky to have you as a teacher on one of our courses as well. Um, and I was just wondering what one piece of advice is that you would give to writers at the start of their, their career, whether they're embarking on a short story or a piece of longer fiction. Oh, wow. <laughs> just it's distill like, all, all that learning into one. <laughs> I know, hard it's question. Like such a, such a... I suppose... It would sound really unnecessary, but it's just carry on writing. Yeah. I suppose that's that's the, the advice because um I've I've had students and friends who would walk away from projects. Like, you know, it's quite I think it's very likely when you kinda of suddenly feel inspired and thinking, Oh, I want to write a story about a bunny and yeah. then you kinda of begin to write that and then like three days later you're like, Oh no, this is rubbish, I'm yeah. gonna I'm going to park this and 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 I think and and I and personally me now I have never abandoned any project wow like yet <laughs> and and I I've written some like you know I definitely have finished like lesser books even like within just, just like judging just against my own 
books, right? Yeah. I was like, some were better, some were worse. Um, but but I feel it's it's really important to persevere to kind of yeah. because you never know because it's natural to feel blocked, to feel yeah. hopeless, to feel this is not working. Um, but it will work. The only way to make it work is to continue working on it. Yeah. And I think if you then, for whatever reason, begin to have the habit of like abandoning projects, thinking no matter how legit it felt at the time, and I think the only way to continue is to decide against yourself to yeah. say, actually, I have to, no matter how bad you might end up like, I, I don't disagree with the idea that some stories, you know, like some ideas were probably just not going to work out extraordinarily well. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I personally don't discriminate um, yeah. against any of my own projects, my books. I feel because they're all kind of a really fruitful, um, yeah. excruciatingly fruitful <laughs> experience for me. They've all taught me different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I suppose... That's the thing. And also yeah. drink a lot of water. This is my friend said to me, when you're right, drink a lot of water because then you will um, have to get up to go to the bathroom to do something else. And I think it's a really good advice because sometimes when you, we were kind of like blocked, it's good for you to stand up, to yeah. kind of engage like physically with your body, yeah. to take a walk, to go downstairs to the bathroom, whatever you do. Yeah. Kind of just have this little break. It really helps sometimes kind of just to refresh yeah. your ideas yeah yeah and good to have an excuse if you're drinking lots of water to yeah to, to do advice <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant thank you um so i think we're kind of drawing to a to a close um and i just wanted to kind of mention so norwich has been your home for a number of years now um and residents of norwich can now find elsewhere not only in bookshops but also as a book bench on upper st giles um, so I know you've not managed to see the bench yet. It was only installed a couple of days um, before the recording of this podcast. Um, but do you think you're going to make make the trip and go and sit on your own book? <laughs> I would definitely kind of discreetly go <laughs> to check it out. But I think it would be a bit embarrassing if people are like, oh, what are you doing? Are you checking this? Oh, because this is your book. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would definitely want this to go. And I, I told my dad about this book bench like a while back. Yeah. And he was like so excited. He hasn't been this excited about anything <laughs> I've done like ever. He was like, what? <laughs> kind of like feel I think it's kind of your like book you know kind of being engraved into this piece of I don't know like this solid object yeah and it's kind of like kind of probably triggers some like a primitive thrill yeah <laughs> like with my dad and he was like oh I really wanted to come to see it <laughs> so I suppose when when whenever he comes to visit and I would discreetly bring him there yeah and also you know whenever I go into city Upper St. Giles is the street like yeah. I walk down to go to the, go into the, yeah. the city so I suppose I just have to see it inevitably yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's really exciting oh, fantastic mm. I will really enjoy talking to you today so thank you thank very you. much thank you thank you so much thank you a big thank you to Yenga and Vicky for their time if you have any questions or you want to get in touch you can find us at at Writers Centre on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook and you can sign up to the NCW newsletter at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. As a UK registered charity, we rely on the generosity of our supporters to make our work possible. You can make a donation over on the website by going to the Support Us page.
please do subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review because it helps others to find us. Thanks again. Keep writing. I'll catch you on the next episode.